You're listening to The Butterfly Effect Podcast, episode number two. Today, I've brought on my friend, Vicki Serquensic, who is a total boss. She happens to be one of only nine female firefighters in the city of Saskatoon, as well has competed as a master at the CrossFit Games, which to you non-CrossFit peeps is totally like the Stanley Cup of CrossFit. So that's a pretty big deal. This episode of the Butterfly Effect podcast is sponsored by Contrast Recording. Are you interested in sharing your experiences and inspirations with the world? No matter how good your information is or how good your guests are, people will totally be turned off from it if it sounds like it was recorded in a tin can. Contrast Recording specializes in providing high-quality recording services. From recording music to podcasts, they make sure their clients walk away knowing they receive their best quality recording with the best quality service and experience. If you're interested in recording a podcast, head to www.contrastrecording.com. As well, be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for unique content, promos, and updates. This is the Butterfly Effect Podcast, and I'm Ashlyn Newlove, tackling everything from fitness, nutrition, business, life, ice cream cones, and everything else in between to help inspire people to make one change that causes their ripple effect. Welcome to episode number two. For those of you who don't know me, I am a fitness and nutrition coach helping people have fun, keep fit, and reach their goals while they're at it with my online program, The Sweat Effect. I met Vicki back closer to the start of my CrossFit career. We were always at local competitions together, and anyone who knows Vicki knows her for her crazy curly hair. I got the opportunity to then coach with Vicki when she became a member at our gym. Our friendship blossomed from there. We became workout buddies, dog walking buddies, and she let me guide her in her nutrition journey, and we even won a competition together. I'm really stepping outside my comfort zone here by doing this podcast. I actually struggle with drawing attention to myself, but like Ash said, I'm a firefighter and I stick out like a sore thumb among my colleagues. you think I'd be used to that after 20 years. I crossfit with Ash regularly and we go on many doggy walks together. Ash's pooch Gracie is my dog Rowan's best friend, but this doggy friendship does not go two ways. Gracie does a great job of tolerating Rowan. Thanks Ash for giving me the opportunity to stretch my limits. You know how in every other podcast, people usually bring on guests to ask them questions? Well, we will be doing a little bit of that, but I will be bringing on guest hosts to put me under the microscope and bring topics to the podcast that interest them and to ask me all of the questions they've been dying to know. So here is where I hand the reins over to Vicki. Alrighty. Well, you mentioned the first time we met. I recall my first competition, Battle on the Border, in about 2013-ish. I was so intimidated by you because you looked like you were going to own the competition, and you did. I remember the clean ladder at the end and you repping out the last barbell with touch-and-go cleans. My eyes were so huge. I knew you had your poop in a group when it came to the barbell. You are so funny. I'm laughing that you just said poop in a group in front of the hundreds of people that are listening right now. (laughs) That is exactly where I remember meeting you as well. Uh, The competition was in Lloyd Minister of all places, and it was such an amazing time. Vicky was one of the only girls at that time who could do muscle ups. And at this point, A lot of us were left staring up at the rings while she did this unicorn of a movement. 
So that is my honest, like your curly hair, you doing muscle ups were, was this overwhelming impression of you when we first met as well. I had actually injured my back before that competition, so I couldn't find anyone to take my spot and I'm cheap and couldn't find anyone to purchase it from me. So I ended up doing the competition anyways, which looking back on was probably a very bad idea. In hindsight, you know, lifting a bunch of heavy barbells wasn't a good choice. And now even when I'm coaching a workout, I stress to people so much if it's really worth it. Most of us are just doing this for our everyday fitness and we come to the gym and if we're overusing stuff and doing things when we're hurt, who wants to end up with a bulge disc or a slap tear in their shoulder because you were just so eager to finish your workout? It's just not worth it. Like Competitive CrossFitters definitely have to work through things like this, but they also have a team of wellness people behind them helping keep them fit. So if there's anything that I can stress to the regular members, and I'm a regular member, I'm not a competitive CrossFitter either. I do my local comps and and things like that that I enjoy. But is it worth it to go into the gym and push through a workout when you're maybe not feeling 100%? And I talk about that a lot with people. So, you know, you're not going to lose your quote unquote fitness or get out of shape or anything like that if you need to modify movements. CrossFit is so addicting because when people start, they literally just keep getting better and better almost every time that they come into the gym in the beginning. And so it leaves them so hungry for more. They just, they want to come to the gym every day. And even if their body is giving them some signs that they shouldn't, which mine was at that competition that we met at, you know, they need to to listen and take a step back. People get stronger. They're getting better at gymnastics movements. But those are the things when we overuse our bodies that end up taking a toll on it. And in 10 years, like, are we going to have arthritis? I know that's something that you can maybe uh, relate to. Just a little bit of arthritis. (laughs) So I... I do have a slight twist in my spine. The people who know me already know that I have this scoliosis. So when we do a lot of posterior chain stuff and heavy workouts, like uh, squatting, even handstand push-ups, box jumps, burpees, my back can get super lit up. And people with bad backs are listening right now. And they're like, oh, yeah, that happens to my back, too. And there's a lot of those movements as well. So in the seven years that I've been doing this, I have notice it happens so many times where someone who has a more sensitive back tends to also end up with a shoulder injury as well. And that also happened to me. So, you know, like not listening to my body. And also now I have a bum shoulder, but I do have a team of professionals that I turn to, you know, when things are starting to feel like they're maybe not feeling that well. So like the physio, the chiro, the massage, And you might wonder why even still do CrossFit? Like, is it even worth it if you're like battling injuries? It's too effective, right? Like I can spend an hour of my day, five days a week doing it and that's it. 
And you know what? Even if I choose other forms of lifting, I would still have to be careful anyways. So it doesn't matter if it's CrossFit or if I was doing bodybuilding or something like that. I'm always going to have to be careful. I'm always probably going to be best friends with my physio and Cairo. And (laughs) if they're listening, they're probably laughing right now. (laughs) So I do find lifting weights so important for everybody's health, right? Uh, And people could argue with me on this, but it's, it's been proven and I do take care of myself. So I make sure that I can still move and stuff, you know, throughout my day. It's, it's all about longevity, right? Sorry, I kind of went off there on our first meeting at our first competition, but <laughs> injury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was monumental for both of us. Yeah. And you just described that for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to start with um, a kind of easy question. Next one, I guess. And if you were to create a CrossFit workout that you would totally destroy, what do you think it would be? People are going to expect me to say something short and with barbells for sure, because yeah, that's 100% me. I haven't been known as an endurance type of a gal, even though it has gotten better these last couple of years. Um, People who like the longer workouts where they can just keep chipping through, just keep moving. And I know you're that type of a person, Vicky. (laughs) They just keep swimming in the words of Dory, right? They just just keep swimming through those longer workouts. I hate those workouts. <laughs> I like the hard, fast, short ones where you can come out of the gates so hot, but they're so quick that you can still keep hanging on, right? Um, I have probably um, the ability to come a little hot out of the gates and not know what my pace is on longer workouts as well. And then I'm just left flailing for the next 15 minutes, just trying to get through it. Um, So if we were able to, you know, my sweat effect people, they're the perfect, perfect example of this. They love the long workouts. They think the longer the workout, the better the workout that they're getting. But in CrossFit, we actually train all types of domains. So short, long, medium, different timeframes. I guess if I can relate that into everyday life, because that's what we say CrossFit is for. It's about making us prepared for the unknown and the unknowable. We are doing functional movements um, so that when it does come to everyday life stuff, that we are strong enough, fit enough to kind of attack anything. So if I my car breaks down on the side of the highway and I need to, you know, maybe jog to the next farm over and it is 20 minutes away, if I'm not, you know, training that longer time domain, I'm going to be huffing and puffing before I get get to help. Uh, and then you can also say that if you're only cha- or training those those longer domains, what happens if you need to run away from a bear, right? You need to get up, go and sprint. And I know you're going to say, don't run away from a bear. That's when they're going to attack you. But it was the only <laughs> example I could think of right now. <laughs> uh, but if you're only training that slow, long pace, how are you ever going to activate those fast twi- twitch muscles in instances like that? So my workout that I would love is going to be under five minutes long. Uh, There's a workout actually, it's called Grace and it is 30 clean and jerks for time. 
So for anybody who's watched the Summer Olympics, that you might be able to relate it to that. Clean and Jerk is an Olympic lifting movement that they do in that. And uh, yeah, it's 95 pounds for the ladies, 135 pounds for the men. And both my husband, Curtis, and I absolutely love that workout. It is done in less than two minutes, and it just absolutely destroys you, leaves you rolling around on the floor afterwards with your muscles and lungs on fire. Anyone who doesn't do CrossFit, I know I'm totally selling you on it right now. (laughs) (laughs) So that is an effective two-minute workout. And we love the workout so much that we actually named our pooch, our lab great Dane Gracie, after it. We are those weird CrossFit people naming our dogs after workouts now. (laughs) But yeah, obviously I can't train two-minute workouts every day or else I would die when I needed to push cardiovascularly for 20, 30, or like on Monday when I'm going to do an hour-long hero workout, I would die if I only trained those two-minute workouts every day. So my workout would be uh, maybe like a 21-15-9 of GHD sit-ups and pull-ups or maybe something even shorter like a 9-6-3 of like a really heavy power clean and muscle-ups. Something like that would be the ideal. So a little bit gymnasty. I've gotten considerably better at gymnastics now that I've taken off the 30-pound weight vest that I was wearing previously. Um, Miraculously, I move faster. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) And it is much easier to pull my body weight up in those gymnastic movements or push it or whatever with those things. So yeah, that's something short, dirty, effective to the point. (laughs) I knew it was going to be something like that. (laughs) That is definitely my nightmare. And I would be dragging Ashlyn along to those 20-minute wads with me because that is my cup of tea. (laughs) So Ashley, what competition are we going to do next? Vicky and I paired up last year for a local competition, the Bridge City Beatdown. And it's here in Saskatoon and it's super fun. I've done it Almost every year that I was available for it. Um, So anybody from Synergy, you're going to love that plug that I just gave you for the (laughs) beatdown. One of the things that I do love about it is like the expectations that they have there in each division. It's like if you're going to sign up for the RX division, you need to be able to do those a little bit higher level gymnastics. They force both partners to be able to do both. And uh, if you can't, you are left to either maybe get your first muscle up or something like that, or you're left standing in front of the crowd, you know, trying for a little bit of time, which is what happened to me last year. (laughs) (laughs) There was a handstand walking event and it was mandatory that each partner um, walk a minimum of 10 feet unbroken. And Vicky's the handstand walking queen. Don't you, is it, you love to walk up and down the hallways at yeah. the fire hall? Like I feet? have been fortunate because the, the one hallway at the fire hall is quite long and it's a really good opportunity for me to constantly measure. So I start at one end of the hallway and I walk all the way to the other end and yeah, so I get to practice that a couple of times and it, it's just a great measure because it's always the same and there's no obstructions and well, mind you, there's 
people walking by me all the time <laughs> trying to trip me up, but that's all done and fun. So yeah, so I do get to practice that a lot, which I don't mind because I actually quite like that movement too. Yeah. And it would like, I, I could say like, it would have been awesome if one partner could have done it, but that's not the point of that's it. That's not the point. No. Put me under, put me under the knife, put me in front of the crowd, make me try to PR my hands down, walk in front of everyone. I wish I could tell you that this story ended up me doing my unbroken 10-foot handstand walk. It doesn't. I did not do it. Um, I did PR at like maybe seven or eight feet, which was awesome. I can like five feet now I've gotten more comfortable with. But like us and like Vicky said, she practices a lot and you put the time in and you see these improvements. But I haven't. So that is why my handstand walks are the way that they are. There is no beating around the bush about that. But we did that competition and we had so much fun. I definitely think that is one that we need to repeat together. But this year they've changed the format from pairs to teams of three. So we have to find another female fitness friend who wants to join our dynamic duo. I think we can do that. There's a lot of cool chicks out there. Okay, so next question. Do you have a workout mantra that allows you to dig in when you know you've got this workout? Um, I remember doing a rowing thruster workout that we did. We both did it at different times during the day, but got the exact same time, I think to the second actually. Um, I don't think you knew what my time was before you started, but I did the workout first. So I know we attacked the workout differently because I think the thruster weight was a bit heavier for me and we have different strengths. How did you get through that workout? Yeah, I, I do totally recall that workout. I didn't know what your time was uh, when we when I did it, but the fact that we got the exact same time is pretty crazy. Totally. It is one of those, that that's a sub 10 minute time frame. So that's where I maybe come out a little bit hard, which I'm trying to learn to pace a little bit better uh, and then just try my best to hang on in the later rounds. But that's where Vicky is better than I am. She picks her pace, which from the start might be a smidge slower, but then can hang on to that pace. She could do it for a hundred rounds. It's very inspiring <laughs> and crazy to watch you wonder when she is going to start to slow down it that is true athleticism right there anybody can come too hot of the gates like i do <laughs> it's figuring out your pace and like that threshold at being just below where you're too uncomfortable and sticking it there that's the real art in in that this past year, I've worked on doing things in larger sets, even if it was a little bit slower. And uh, like some of the coaches and stuff out there who train higher level athletes refer to it as training and not competing. And the whole basis is behind that is that once you build up those larger sets, then you'll eventually move faster because you aren't always breaking things up all the time. I've tried to make myself more comfortable in these situations and hang on a little bit longer the old Ashlyn was the queen of resting <laughs> using a heavier barbell. That was my excuse, right? Uh, it was my excuse to rest, to set it down. And I loved making excuses. Like literally now when I'm getting super uncomfortable, I start to repeat in my head, like, you've got this. You're fine. Just breathe. Okay. Yeah. That would be my, my mantra. Uh, and then I think about breaking up larger sets into smaller partitions, I guess. So 
instead of having, maybe you're approaching a set of 21 and then I'll think that I have nine, seven, five left of that. I think that equals 21 if I've done my math correctly. It does. (laughs) It does. One thing I've learned, though, is our mind will give up on us way before our bodies ever will. And although I was always known as the strong girl, I should have just worked at moving faster with lighter weights. And that's something that we, you know, preach a lot at the gym to people. But it's it's a hard concept because a lot of people are strong enough to move the weight that is prescribed in a workout And I think there's too much emphasis put on the score and the weight being used. Whereas, honestly, everybody in there is just doing their own thing. Nobody is watching unless, unless, literally, unless you're the one moving the fastest, um, probably with the RX weight, the press. And when I say RX for people who don't know what that is that's the prescribed weight so that would be the weight that the workout is meant to be done at if you know you're good at moving um faster and a little bit stronger and once you've built up the capacity in training over all those months then you start to use the prescribed weight in workouts but yeah people get this like they just they're just jonesing to get on that that to get that rx behind their name and the people who start, they're thinking that people are focusing on what they're doing and they're not, nobody is, nobody's watching what you're doing except for the coach who's just trying to make sure that you're moving properly. But yeah, if I could tell anybody anything, like, and you want to get better at CrossFit, move those lighter weights faster, not trying to move the heavier weights just because you can. And there's sometimes that I'll still scale back a weight just to get the right stimulus from it. And it'll get you further ahead in the end. Trying to get your hands on that heavy barbell isn't always worth it. Uh, You know, you start to slow down. And that's where I made my mistake when I first started. Always wanted to try and use the heavier weight, which didn't do anything for my cardio or endurance. And it always gave me these excuses for rest. So... Yeah. So my, my mantra, when I'm getting uncomfy, it's same thing with Dory. Just keep swimming. You can do this. (laughs) That's such a great visual and like totally great advice, right? Like you just have to, you just have to keep swimming. Love it. Not going to die. That's the main thing. (laughs) Totally love it. Oh gosh. Okay. I know one thing that I know that we for sure have in common is our fervor to get shit done. Tell us about what Young Ash did while growing up that developed this attribute and what it takes to get from ideas and thoughts to actions. Was there an influencer in your younger years that helped you with this? Well, some people really appreciate this quality in a person, but maybe if you're married to me, you might think otherwise. <laughs> um, I like One of the things that I do say is that I have a ton of integrity. I literally never say I'm going to do something that I don't do. And people respect that. I was just telling Curtis the other day, if I don't power through things, even if it may cause me a little bit of stress in the time frame I'm trying to get them done in, 
otherwise I'm left laying awake at night thinking about all the things that I have to do, which ends up being worse for me anyways. I'm aware not everything needs to be done right now, but it feels so good to cross it off the list. I've also learned to accept that things won't always turn out the way that you want them to. The fear of what if is what gets people the most. For sure, some sometimes those what ifs will come true or you might ask for something and the response may be no, but how will you ever know unless you try? I also love putting things out into the world and it that holds me accountable too. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm pretty transparent on my daily stories. I can put a lot of effort into something and it might not go the way I planned it to, but who cares? I really like being real and true with people. I think part of that is also just not caring what other people think. At times, people get so wrapped up in what others are thinking of them. And I started the sweat effect that ran through my head as well, but I just went for it. It could have turned out to be a total flop, but fast forward five months now, and it's more than I've ever could have imagined. I love living life just outside the box and doing things that most people would never try. It's my personality, and now people just come to expect it from me. It was my dream to move out of the country one of these days, and I just feel like there's so much out there for me to experience. If I have to put it out there into the world that one day that I'm going to move out of the country, then I will. As far as being an influencer to getting shit done when I was growing up, I would definitely say that would have been my mom. That lady can make a to-do list for anything and that shit gets done. (laughs) That's the best. My dad, though, on the other hand, is more like Curtis. Like, perhaps, you know, something could maybe wait until tomorrow if it's not pressing. But that's not really how my mom or I operate. I get other qualities from my dad, like his entrepreneurial skills. So I'm maybe a mix of both of them. But she was my influencer for sure on getting shit done. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, so getting a little deeper now, habits do make people successful. What habits do you have that keep you on track for all your goals? Uh, I wouldn't even really call them habits anymore. They're just the things that I do every day. That's a habit, Ash. (laughs) (laughs) It's like brushing your teeth, right? Um, I talked about this in podcast number one. When you brush your teeth, it's just something that you do. I don't consider it a habit, right? And I I struggled with finding a balance between work and home life and my health for a while when I first started, you know, owning and operating my own business. And being an entrepreneur isn't for everyone. Like you have to be dedicated with your time. And people know that I'm not a huge morning person, but this is also because I like to work late at night. And like for an example, a few days ago, we were out in the garage gym slash studio filming new warm up videos for the sweat effect members at 11 o'clock at night. And people think that when you run your own business, you're just sleeping in and spending the hot day sun tanning. But it's not like that. I generally do some sort of work every day. And that isn't for everyone either. But I like really enjoy what I'm doing. So I don't really think of it as work, I guess. I get up in the morning and I immediately start work. I grab my laptop and I just start working in my pajamas. Everybody does things differently. And yeah, that's kind of my habit for that. I've started 
like writing handwriting things down into my planner that also helps me you know get my things done physical handwritten notes where all the young kids are making fun of me for that so old school (laughs) pen and paper what (laughs) and I read a book recently it's the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss and by read I mean listened to because (laughs) I like to multitask Um, but in it he he did say like if you need to learn how to streamline your stuff. You need to streamline your work. And I wish I was at the point now where I could have a four-hour work week, but that is not the case. His whole point in it is that, you know, there are ways to be more efficient. So the checklists and the allotted times for work and those types of things have definitely increased my productivity, which makes reaching my business goals, I think, much easier. Um, but for as far as like fitness and nutrition go, I'm in a really great groove with just always making sure my fridge and pantry is stocked and I just genuinely like tracking my food. So I guess those are what I say that I don't really consider. I know it's a habit, but I don't consider it a habit. It's just the things that I do. And those are really great habits, actually. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, but they're still a habit. <laughs> really great ones that people find so hard to do and you do them with ease which is like proofs to your success yeah like the same with fitness as well so I work out four to five times every week but I put it in my planner too everybody's busy and I don't want to get too busy for that so I have to make those things for my health a priority and in the past, I used to watch more TV. I had to cut back on that so I could fit these other types of things in. Because really, watching TV wasn't helping me reach my goals. And like, I still watch it maybe a half an hour or so before I go to bed, but that's it. And there just wasn't enough hours in the day for me to get everything done and, and include two hours of watching TV in the evening as well. And anybody who is listening right now and saying, oh, well, I like TV, that's totally okay. And that's okay if that's your way to unwind or whatever. I'm just saying personally, I had to cut back on watching TV in order for me to prioritize these things that were for my health and for my business and whatnot. Um, but I also like working out, so I don't find that a chore. So it's not like I'm replacing, you know, TV with something that I hate either. Right. Yep. But I don't know for anyone. I I say this all the time. You need to find a form of exercise that you enjoy and then that will become your habit. And that's just kind of what I've done with CrossFit. So yeah. Yeah. And your, your fitness is a great habit for sure. So we both know I'm older than you and that I focus on different aspects of athletics to accomplish change in my performance. I realized that after I went to the CrossFit Games in 2016, I had to change my strategy and start applying tactics of recovery to see a gain in my performance. I'm still working on this mindset because I'm such an adrenaline junkie that (laughs) I like pushing my limits and I like hanging out with my sympathetic nervous system all jacked up, man. Um... I'm also an early adopter, so what that means is I'm not afraid to try new things, and if that if those things are backed with science or a new way of looking at something, so I often do something first and tend to get looked at like I'm a Mar- like I'm a Martian, but that's okay. Um, so, what kinds of recovery methods do you prescribe to, and what experiments have you done to get to those prescriptions? 
Oh, recovery and self-care is huge. Anybody who knows me from a fitness point of view knows that I am big on mobility and stretching and walking. And like walking is so underrated and has been proven to show, you know, reductions in muscle soreness. And it actually has even shown to transfer over into, you know, expanded cardio in your workouts. So I talk about that a lot with people in addition, like for weight loss, of course, but uh, yeah, it transfers over so well. I also like use my nutrition to aid my recovery. Like if you're eating enough carbs and timing them around your workouts, this will also promote my best recovery. I foam roll a lot as well as I use my sidekick tool, which is like this scraping device and people at the gym, it, it releases like your fascia and people are like, are you shaving right now? Because it's this weird little <laughs> tool. <laughs> and it also helps that like, Curtis is a big subscriber to recovery protocols as well. So if there is something out there, he also wants to be the first one to try it. But they can be pretty expensive. There's like a Mark Pro, which is kind of, it, I think it like shocks the muscles, kind of like a Dr. Ho. Do you remember the Dr. Ho from that- like the 90s, the ab maker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a Theragun and I that just essentially smashes your muscle and smashes like the lactic acid and stuff out of it to loosen it up. Um, the other thing I've seen are like the Normatec, which is like an air compression device. They're pretty cool. We got to try one out when we were in Portland. So love those. Wish I could afford them. Yes. Very expensive though. I mean, if I could have all those things, holy smokes, I would be feeling grand every day. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they they look super cool. I just, I haven't been able to try them because, you know, they're expensive. Uh, If you've got a hot tub, that is also a fantastic, or a sauna. They're both really good ways uh, to recover and we're moving to the lake so the plan is to put one overlooking the lake on the front lawn so I'm pretty excited about that actually for a little post-workout soak. (laughs) Um, Massage chairs. Uh, You know you can just head out to someplace like Flam and Fitness sit in the chairs out there for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) You would do that. (laughs) I have done that. (laughs) (laughs) no but like if I had a bigger space I would have a massage chair for sure I love them I think they're amazing people think that taking anti-inflammatories though they think that that is the way to do it but it that has also been proven to decrease the muscle's ability to repair and grow so you do need you'll you'll have to experience some sort of soreness like during your recovery as well you can't get off every day feeling like a million bucks, even after you've been doing it for seven years or longer, like we have. Like I can still do the workout Karen, which is 150 wall balls for time. And just with all that explosive quick squatting in it, it leaves my quads and adductors so shredded after that. And so for all the non-CrossFit listeners who are wondering why some of these workouts have these names, uh, the founder of CrossFit, which is Greg Glassman, explained it as anything that can leave you laying on your back, gasping for air, wondering what the hell just happened should be named after a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I just always have laughed at that quote because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Wow. How do you maintain balance? Getting shit done is stressful and costs a lot of energy. 
Um, how do you recharge so you know you can be your best self every day, every week, every year? I know my ability to get shit done was not matched with my recovery plan. Plus, I didn't realize in my younger years that shift work was taking such a toll on my sleep. I struggle with sleep still, but I can see the days when I get sleep, um, my capacity goes way up. I also recharge by making a huge effort to keep in touch with friends. Um, my body knows when I need friendship to recharge, so I listen to that even if I have too much stuff to do. The energy gain from friendship is well worth the time not spent doing things I have on my plate. Hanging out with you today is a great example of this, actually. Um, after this, I know I'll have to put my shoulder to the wind and study like a crazy person to get my assignment done by Monday, but it's all worth it, man. <laughs> It is. It's that's so true. And actually, I wrote a blog post um, that's up on my web website titled Prioritizing Core Values. And it talks about how we have to fill up our buckets in order to be able to pour from them effectively. So what that means is taking the time here and there for yourself in order to do so. If my buckets, for example, are work, family, friends, fitness, nutrition, and travel, then I have to make a bit of time for each of these, which can be hard when you're busy. And some of the high priority ones like work and fitness and nutrition and family, those have to happen every day. If I let work consume my day and don't get to the gym for multiple days in a row, then I've let that bucket run dry. Or if I spend too much time with friends or other commitments and my fridge goes bare, then I have to reach for foods that, you know, won't help me with my goals. Then I've let my nutrition bucket run dry. And I've tried to amalgamate some of the buckets to overlap. So let's say maybe I'll barbecue a, a nice meal and then invite some friends over to enjoy it with me. And there I filled two buckets, my nutrition bucket and my friend bucket. Or maybe I'll go for a walk with a friend and we can catch up and that you know, meets my, fills my walking bucket as well as my friend bucket. I always try to work out with at least one person every day, fills the exercise bucket and my friend bucket. Or there are those times when maybe a friend needs a hand with something. And even if I don't really have a whole bunch of time in my day, I'll try to do it anyways. Um, for instance, I had a friend this week who was sick and she needed someone to cover for her coaching some classes. And you know what, my day was a little bit busy, but I hadn't seen that friend in a little while. And even though I didn't get to see her by covering for her, you know, coaching her classes, I just felt that that, you know, filled my friend bucket with her, you know, doing a, a good deed to help a friend out. And I got to see some of the people at the gym that I hadn't seen in a little bit too. So I, that was a great use of my time, even though it was a little tight that day. But I guess it's all about kind of finding that balance. For instance, you and I have been crazy busy with our obligations lately. And with recording this podcast, I've been able to fill my work bucket and my Vicky bucket. So that's been amazing. Being able to keep these buckets filled while not spreading myself thin with overcommitments, because I, t I did talk about that in the last podcast, that I had to learn to say no a bit more so that that didn't happen it does really help me be my best self. Things like sleep and stress, those are also buckets that need attention, right? I give nutrition clients recommendations on how to manage these things as well, and they are ones that I follow myself. Some of them <laughs> seem crazy to people, but I noticed an increase in deeper sleep when I started diffusing essential oils at night. I'm just laughing because... 
I don't strike people as a as a real essential oil diffusing hippie, but I seriously experienced such better sleep since I started doing it. I also do things like I have blackout curtains. I make sure there aren't any other lights from devices on. Um, this, you know, all of this helped turn my sleep into a literal dream come true. <laughs> so when I'm well rested, I'm well recovered too. And that's just another important piece of the puzzle that I guess I didn't mention earlier in your recovery question. And I know I'm probably getting a lot of judgment from people right now because I don't have kids, but I know anyone can agree that a good night's sleep makes a world of difference in your whole day. And that's whether we're talking about fitness, nutrition, weight loss, recovery, and even just general brain function. Like It's hard to think when we don't get enough sleep. And whether you are able to or not, we can all agree that when we do get a good night's sleep, it's a total game changer in every sense of the word. 100%. I've dug into Ash a little bit here in the last few questions, but I still kept it pretty light. But Ash, we can't hit it out of the park every day. What do you do when you know you're struggling or when something didn't just go as planned, even with your best effort? So I have a couple of questions here. Um, what do you do to reconcile with the feelings that accompany times of struggle? And what are those feelings for you? I'll explain quick with a little bit of a personal insight. Uh, like I journal, not the dear diary kind of journal stuff, but I write so fast that it's barely legible and thoughts rarely make complete sentences. It's hilarious. <laughs> Don't ever look at my journal. It's super helpful for me because I struggle with anxiety. And sometimes um, I judge my own past actions and worry that I'm not just I'm just not making the cut anymore. Um, so I journal um, to stop the wheels from spinning. And I'm always able to pull out a little life lesson from that process. Does that help kind of explain what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I wrote a blog post, um, another one that's up on the website. It's called No Bad Days. And it's the mantra in Cabo. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much that we made a special stop at this one little restaurant that sells them there to pick up the stickers. And I put them all over the garage gym. And I even have one on the back of my Jeep. But they're a constant reminder to me that things really just aren't that bad. Like you can consider a bad day literally anything. Maybe you had a bad workout. Maybe someone was mean to you. Maybe something at work didn't go right. Maybe the dog puked on the carpet in the middle of the night. You spilled your coffee all over yourself. Happened you, to me this morning. Yeah. Like <laughs> you got in a fender bender. The list goes on. And, and when people are like, oh, I'm just, I'm having a bad day. This, 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 and this happened. I try to look at the things around me and say, if this were an actual bad day, I wouldn't be able to be in the gym today or riding my bike or walking the dogs or whatever it is that it may be because a real bad day would have kind of taken all of those things out of the question. So if there is a situation that has gotten tough to handle, I literally say out loud to myself, life sure wants to test me today. And it's how I react to that test, whether I pass or fail. Okay. So if something is really getting to me, I need to talk it out. And there's a few people, they're my talking people that I will call. Curtis is not one of them. <laughs> I love him. But yeah, I need someone who will 100% agree with what I'm saying. Yep. 
even if I'm being 200% ridiculous. Those are the best people, man. <laughs> I just like I just need someone there telling me that whatever it is that's getting me, you know, it like that it's legitimate, uh, whether it is or it isn't. And then, you know, once the sting of it kind of all wears off, that's I'm totally able to sort it out where things went wrong. But the initial blow of it always requires a phone call or conversation with this handful of people that I have kind of it just depends on what the situation is on who I will call. So and the people who are listening know who they are. They all they always make me feel better. And other things I'll do or maybe a follow-up with like an Epsom salt bath, maybe some more essential oils. <laughs> you hippie. And, yeah, just try to get a good sleep. I gen like I generally manage stress pretty well. Keeping my notes and my to-do list and my planner like help me with like larger projects for work that might cause some stress. But otherwise I just try not to sweat the small stuff. And just generally not giving too many shits about what other people think helps too. Uh, if you have if you have kids in the room um, or just don't like the F word, then you might want to just skip over this next part because it's unavoidable in what I'm going to talk about. But one of my favorite books is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I'll admit, I actually haven't ever even read the entire thing because I always tell people that I think it's literally been written about me. So it is about giving the right amount of shits and not letting it consume you. Subtlety number one from the book is not giving a fuck does not mean being indifferent. It means being comfortable with being different. So you can't let your fuck bucket run dry caring about all the little things in the world. This is why the keyboard warriors on social media make me laugh. It seems like everything offends everyone these days. If you follow the sweat effect on Instagram, all of my shenanigans are on there. People have even told me, I don't know how you were brave enough to post that. The short answer, I just didn't give a shit what other people thought. Am I, if, I'm, if I'm feeling the vibe from Elton John and Tiny Dancer, I'll belt that out with my horrible singing voice. If I feel like wearing a tutu on my birthday, well, that's obviously why I own a collection of them. I understand that these aren't things that every 35-year-old woman does, but if it makes me happy and it's not hurting anyone else, then why not? People can hate me on Instagram or they can hate me in real life, and that's okay too. There's people that I hate on there too, and let's be real, not everyone can be everyone's cup of tea. Getting more comfortable with that definitely helped any anxiety I may have had when I was younger and maybe when I was less confident in myself and my choices. Sometimes do these things hurt? Yeah, but you get over it and you realize you surround yourself with way cooler people anyways. And CrossFit is like that for me. Getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. People come to the gym and they're so worried about looking too tired and uncomfortable in front of a group of peers or what their time is and the weight that they're using. And we talked about this before, but the reality is everyone is just trying to get through it themselves. I know this is a hard concept to just get over. So that was kind of part of the reason why I started the sweat effect. It serves people who don't have a gym nearby or don't have time to get to the gym. It's more cost effective and it's for people who have that anxiety about working out in front of a group of other people. 
Anyways, I, I kind of went down a huge rabbit hole there, but I feel like anxiety encompasses a lot of parts of our life. And that's just kind of why I am the way I am. Yeah, totally. That is like a great answer. Ashley, I just want to thank you for answering all my questions and helping me get through something that was quite tough. But uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I just want to thank you so much for coming and doing this because I know you weren't super keen on it, but you did it anyways. And of course, as always, I have to thank the guys at Contrast Recording for making another amazing episode with me. If you enjoyed the show, all I ask is that you please subscribe and rate it so that we can continue to create more new and exciting content for you. The show exists because of sponsorship, so in order for me to have sponsors support it, we need to have a following of subscribers and listeners. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode or episodes, please get in touch with me and I can give you all the details so we can start working on promoting your business.